2: Hello, everyone, and welcome into this week's Dublin to Denver episode for Mile High Report. I'm Colin Cronin and delighted to be joined today by Stuart Roach. Stuart, how are you doing? I'm good, Colin. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm not too shabby. Glad that, um, you know, we're beginning to experience uh, spring. I know that many parts of the United States are uh, getting uh, hit by snow, but um, we're beginning to see. Um, the the signs signs of spring, uh, over here. Um, but I suppose we we're actually going to be talking about the the end of a a Bronco's uh, career. The the most famous Bronco, the, the the most important um Bronco. Um, you know, outside of uh Floyd Little, perhaps. Um, you know that that would certainly. Um, you know, but we we would not have the. The Super Bowl titles that we did have, it was not for John Elway, um. But his um his contract is officially over, so he is no longer in an official capacity with the team. He will forever be uh, a Denver Bronco and forever synonymous uh, with the the franchise. Um, I suppose Stuart, just to, in terms of you know you you're like me, you were able to to watch. With vintage Elway, um, and, and then see him transition after a, a period, you know, away from the franchise into the executive role. Talk to me about, you know, what Jen, John Elway means uh, to, to you. John Elway is the
1: Denver Broncos column to me. Um, like I said it before, I think on the show, I, I almost. Became a Bears fan. I almost became a Giants fan, but I became a Broncos fan. Uh, very simply because in the in the days of when when I started supporting the sport, which was the same year the Broncos were were defeated in the Super Bowl by the Giants. Um, Channel Four uh, seemed to show the Broncos fairly regularly in their highlights package. Um, and when you saw the Broncos highlights that season, you kind of saw John Elway performing miracles. And um, you know, at that point, we didn't. You know, the the sort of the the, um, intricacies of the game were beyond me. It, it kind of reminded me a bit of rugby, which I was a fan of at the time. So, uh, it was kind of a hip new sport that was being marketed by channel four aggressively, and uh, there wasn't a lot of sport on in this parts of the world back in the, uh, the mid eighties. Um, so, so myself and a couple of mates gave it a shot and we find us. you know, we, we really enjoyed the sport and got to love it over the years, but, um, Elway was the reason I became a Broncos fan. And I remember the very first game that I saw on the very first highlights package was the Broncos against the Raiders, and um, Elway pulled it out at the death. And I, you know, I wonder if that season had gone any a different way, would I become a Broncos fan? I don't know because you know the Broncos are not they're not a team that would have had historical links to say Ireland. This, you know, the way the Steelers might have done. Certainly, the Bears were quite popular when I was starting to. You know, the Patriots hadn't emerged at that point yet, despite sort of links between Dublin and, you know, and, and Cork and our, the rest of Ireland to, say, Boston. Um, so I think, you know, when I think of Denver, I think of the Broncos. I, I you know, John Elway's story is is well-documented. Um, You know, and you, you, we could do a four-hour podcast and we probably would only really cover half of it. Uh, but, you know, for me, like, leaving aside the, the GM aspect of Colin, which we'll come back to, you know, one of the great sort of pleasures of being a Broncos fan was to see John Elway finally getting the supporting cast around him. Now, in fairness, the Broncos did try. Um, you know, I think as I said, when those in- intricacies were were sort of lost on me, you could tell, though, even to the to the to the very young fan, that the Broncos personnel did not match up with some of those NFC Superpowers. You know, so we that Giants team was a superb team. You know, they they ran into. The Redskins and unfortunately the Redskins had the great strength of the Redskins team was the one weakness of that Broncos defense the year after. Then as you well remember, they ran into quite possibly the greatest performance in the Super Bowl, which was John Montana's 49ers when when you know, as, as Wade Phillips said, if they had 13 defenders out there, they wouldn't have been able to stop John Montana. And uh, but for me when you think of, of the Broncos teams at that stage. You think of Elway performing miracle after miracle after miracle. Unfortunately, it seems like then the, the the task was too much in the Super Bowl, but you couldn't forget the kind of things that he was able to do to get there. Obviously, the drive is, is the prime example, man. But there was, you know, there was versions of the drive nearly every week. There was miracle plays nearly every week. Like, some of John Elway's highlights, look back, and it's just preposterous. The arm strength was ridiculous. John Elway was one of those mobile quarterbacks before there kind of was mobile quarterbacks um you know running over safeties that kind of thing Um, you know but i think t- to me the, as i said the great one of the great sort of fulfilling aspects of being a Broncos fan around that time was to see when shanahan came in and him finally to be able to win that super bowl i think you know looking back at it now i don't, I don't think if you didn't live through it i don't think as Broncos fans you can truly understand the enormity of that moment because you know, the, the Green Bay Packers were the defending champions. Pretty much everybody expected the Green Bay Packers not just to beat the Broncos, but to beat the living BJs out of the Broncos. um, And they didn't, uh, clearly. And, you know, you've obviously got the iconic moment of Pat Bowden saying, this one's for John. Um, and ironically, it wasn't even one of Elway's best performances. He just did what he needed to do. He gave one of his best performances the following year in his final game against the Falcons. And... Um, But, you know, to have people like Terrell Davis, to have Howard Griffith, to have, you know, Sharp, to to, to have Rod Smith, McCaffrey, like these, you know, myself and my my son were were sort of joking about it recently. It came up, I think, um, the Broncos captains the day of the game against the Packers were Steve Atwater, John Elway, and Terrell Davis. I mean, they're three Hall of Fame players right there. Elway was always a lock, but, you know, there's, there's two other guys that are Hall of Famers. Um, so, it, you know, in some ways, it, it's kind of a, a sad moment Call. I think it, it is the end of an era. I mean, obviously, we've had Pat Bowlen, who, who would have also have been somebody who'd been associated with the Broncos um, for as long as I've been a fan and yourself as well. So we lost Pat, tragically, um, a couple of years ago. Now, John has walked away. And, and I think it's one of those instances where you hear about mutual consent. And I think it is actually genuinely by mutual consent um you know the end of his consultancy role had finished and they just walked away. Um but I think as you said we we've been to what have we been to come eight Super Bowls nine Super Bowls I think um and Elway's been involved in every single one of them bar the very first one um when the Orange Crush was 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 what uh, was there for the Broncos. So you know that's a hugely significant um personality in Broncos history. Um and I think you know somebody who, who I guess because the the latter part of his GM tenure sort of sort of petered out a little bit, and obviously had the problems with the quarterback. Maybe sometimes I think people sort of tend to forget just what he did initially as a GM um, and how he reconstructed that roster and how he won yet another Super Bowl. Um, so yeah, just a a great sportsman. A, a, you know, and a, it's very rare for somebody to do it twice. Colin, to be a Hall of Famer. And as a player, now you could probably say that John Elway, what I spoke about, the latter part of his GM career, means he probably wouldn't be considered a Hall of Famer as a GM. But he was a successful GM. He won a Super Bowl. You know, John Elway, as a GM, won more Super Bowls than the Buffalo Bills, for example, than the Minnesota Vikings. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a a sad moment in some ways. But I I think, you know, Elway can kick back and have a well-deserved class of whatever bourbon he's drinking there. And, uh, you know, look back on a job. Very, very well done.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think um, I would echo um, pretty much everything you, you've said there. I would also say it's been, you know, John Elway was doing things as a QB that were almost, they were unprecedented. I mean, you, yeah, certainly there were... Um, you know, perhaps more accurate passers. Um, there, there were there were people with more rings, um, but I think you you would struggle to find somebody um, with more heart and more creativity. I mean, we we rightly look at Patrick Mahomes as the best quarterback in the NFL right now, um, but you you go back and you watch tape of Elway, and Elway was doing Mahomes type things. Um, ever before Patrick Mahomes uh, well, had even. Um, been uh, been born onto the the planet Um so as a player just truly truly um phenomenal and i suppose that the gm piece is interesting because um he it kind of i think it's it suffers two ways there there are some people who because dialway is so important to the broncos and the broncos history refuse to acknowledge the mistakes that he made um and equally there are people out there who because John Elway um tended to ruin the dreams of say the Cleveland Browns and, and various other teams refused to ever give El- Elway any um credit for the the moves that that he he did make and i mean the the fact is that you know he he came back in he revitalized the the franchise and yes, Peyton Manning was a, a significant part of of that, um, but he he was the one who helped equally bring in that that defense. And when you consider you you look at it, I mean, he comes in 2011, he's director of player personnel, um, GM in in kind of all but but name. Then then he he's given um, the the title uh, the, the following year, and. You know it's just a magical ride during the the next four years the team the team won 13 games and they and then 12 games um at, before things bottomed out i mean i i do think one has to acknowledge the the mistakes that were made and and i think some of that was elway chasing you know himself um in in the in bringing in QBs and both in the in the draft and and also an unwillingness to accept a rebuild. Like do you remember when he would never use that, he refused to use that word. And I, you know, I know at the time, some people tried to make out that that was a strength. But unfortunately, um, while it might have been a strength as a player um because you know he was the one who needed to drag the the team when he wasn't on the field and there was no john elway player out there it became something of a weakness it feels a little bit like roy Keane because he was so capable um similarly roy Keane, the manchester united soccer player um for fans in denver who are wondering who he is and they both had this incredible on-field ability to turn a game around to make magic happen particularly in the end um you know and uh, keen in the last 10 minutes of a game Elway in that final quarter final two minutes very often um but as a GM he he struggled and I suppose Stuart like he he kind of like we will look back with such fondness but it is unfortunate that Elway went down as a player on the ultimate high but as an executive, it didn't work in ultimately in the end. Yeah,
1: and I think you're you absolutely hit the nail on the head there, Colin. I think it was the it was the refusal to embrace the fact that that things had to be sort of ripped up and started from from scratch. You know, you don't. The blueprint is there for a reason, Colin. It's because it, it generally is successful when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback retires everything has to start from scratch because what you, you need to do is you need to quickly as possible, accumulate enough draft capital or you need to tank to get one of those top five picks in the following year or the following two years. Um, so I, I think the problem is, as you kind of touched on was you had this elite defense that um, had carried the team to the Super Bowl the year before but as 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 we spoke about frequently on on this podcast an elite defense will win you one super bowl it will never win you two super bowls unless you can some, subsequently get a quarterback to elevate the play of the year the year two so you've got prime examples like that giants team that I mentioned the beatles in the super bowl you have that brilliant ravens team the uh, from the early 2000s um the legion of boom probably the closest team that did have an elite defense that you know apart from a ridiculous play called by p carroll would have repeated. but generally speaking of an elite defense without the offensive equivalent we'll win super bowl we'll win one super bowl and won't win another we probably should have broken that defense up and tried to get as much draft capital as we could the minute brock osweiler left hand because i think brock osweiler when when you look back at it now I think you look at the subsequent career he had in Houston and you also look at Brock when he came back to Denver for his second stint but that really wasn't the Brock Osweiler that was in situ and I think he had won enough games and I think he had shelled enough promise to warrant a much better contract than Elway Offland and I think that was the beginning of the end for Elway um, in regards to the Broncos competing at the top level I'm not suggesting the Broncos what it was going to win the Broncos the Super Bowl but I think he would have had us in the playoffs because he effectively did have us in the playoffs the year previously and most of that defense was still in situ um, so I think you're right Connell I think when when you when you are faced with that situation it was like there was an LA would come up with these strange sort of slogans which was the, the goal was to win now and from now on uh, which seemed to be some sort of sort of you know uh, almost orwellian speak for i will not embrace the fact that we need a complete rebuild um, and and the problem was that we didn't do either of those things that we didn't win then and we certainly didn't win from then on either um
0: with the lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere
1: I, I do think that, unfortunately, will cloud people and cloud people's sort of judgment or opinion when they look back at Lway. But I think I, I would prefer to look at the the incredible sort of pivot that Lway made, Colin, when the team that was destroyed by the Seahawks, now, in fairness, had suffered a huge amount of injuries going into that Super Bowl and particularly on defense, which I think did impact the team. Um, But that was all offense effectively it was peyton manning it was Wells welker it was julius thomas it was you know demarius it was, it was it was historic numbers and it was destroyed in the super bowl and then elway went out and he completely refashioned the defense he was incredibly aggressive you got tj ward you got demarcus ware um it was a great sort of pity i think that's one of those broncos teams that unfortunately really disappointed i don't know if they would have beaten the patriots up in New England but I think they would have given them a good game if they'd gone back to the AFC Championship but I think the fact that they sort of backed out of the playoffs against the Colts was, it was a huge disappointment because I think that team probably would have been good enough to beat the Seahawks so they got back there but then the following year when Peyton was you know really showed signs of wear and tear that defence still up yes Von Miller was was the main instigator but you know, if you think of that, the rest of that defense column that season, you know, you've got guys like DeMarcus Ware, as I spoke about, you have guys like um, Darian Stewart, Tlaib. These were free agents that were brought in by Elway. You now, yeah, Tlaib was a no-brainer, but still, you know, he had to go out and he had to get him. Um, and, and I think to be able to refashion the roster and to be able to change the entire sort of mentality and the, and the face of that team, to, to turn it from an offensive juggernaut into a defensive behemoth, I suppose, I'm one of the best defenses, certainly the best defense I've ever seen from a Broncos team. And um, that deserves huge credit. And I think that sometimes has kind of been forgotten about. Um, you know, Elway was the person who drafted Von Miller. Again, looks like a no-brainer, but you know, the Panthers picked Cam Newton before they picked Von Miller. Um, you know, you look back on that and you go, at the time that anyone question? you go, No, because they needed a quarterback. But who's had the better career? Von Miller clearly has had a better career than Cam Newton. You know, so I think You know, unfortunately, and I would consider myself to be guilty of this as well, I think Elway's kind of, his career as a GM just kind of petered out a little bit because it became wrapped up with the quarterback. Um, You know, you go from Trevor and then you go to Paxton Lynch was, you know, an historically bad draft pick. But I do think at the time, you know, he was probably, he seemed like the right draft pick looking at it from the outside. But then you kind of wonder how much diligence was done. But it became pretty obvious that he was not a serious football person. Um, and then I think you've got stuff like Case Keenum, you know, who was no one's idea of a franchise QB. Um, and that's unfortunate because I think that that kind of the lingering, sort of uh, the lasting sort of image of Elway's GM tenure will be the fact that he couldn't get the quarterback right. Uh, but then again, George Payton has had another stab at a column and he hasn't gotten the quarterback sorted either you know this is not easy it's not an easy thing to do you talk about pat mahomes um and you know and i think it is an apt comparison pat mahomes also had the great look of having a genius uh one of the best offensive minds in nfl history as his head coach elway did not have that with uh with, with Dan Reeves, who, you know, is a good coach, but no one would describe him as, a, as a, an offensive mastermind. And Pat Mahomes also had the great look to arrive on a roster that's far more talented than anything that, that John Elway had in the 80s. Um, You know, so uh, you know, my point, it's difficult to find franchise QBs. Yeah, as we spoke about last week, Colin just makes the Ravens carry on absolutely just even more bizarre when you think about it. Um, You know, so I think, yes, the... the much more so than his than his playing career, Colin, which I think, you know, had ups and downs and maybe, you know, I think before Shanahan came in, there was points where at one stage, Alway was, you know, there was talk of and being traded and stuff like that. But I think his playing career seemed to kind of have, you know, it had a sort of an even keel of greatness, if, if you will. His GM career has had lots of ups and downs and peaks and troughs. And unfortunately, as you pointed out, it ended on something of a down note which you know you don't want as a player he had the perfect sort of farewell as you said he walked off as the confetti was still sort of was still around him um unfortunately he didn't get that as a gm but you know he did he, he the broncos have won three super bowls column he got two of them as a player and he got one of them as a gm that, that cannot be sort of you know cannot be forgotten and i think it, it's hugely significant
2: yeah what one of what i find interesting is and in Elway and in the Broncos writ large, the Broncos' greatest two QBs in franchise history were number one picks and, and consensus number one picks. I mean, yeah, there's some kind of revisionism nonsense now that, oh, so, you know, um, there there were some people who thought Ryan Leaf should go a, above Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was the consensus number one pick and John Elway above all else. I mean, John Elway might be um the greatest high school athlete of all time the greatest college athlete uh, of all time and um, you know he, he 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 picked up anything he picked up he he was a, a superstar at it like i don't know if our listeners have seen some of the high school tape of elway but he looks like a, a genuine a freak in that truest nature of of the word like he is throwing the ball like Fifty yards down of the field guys just can't believe what what's happening and yet the team and Elway never seem to realize that guys with that level of ability tend to go in the top 10 and maybe that's because Tom Brady kind of messed everybody's mind up that you could find it um but Brady's the Brady is the ultimate outlier you know if, if Elway was the ultimate athlete Brady is the ultimate outlier um and it that is something that I hope the franchise learns from, um, you know, in terms of, because the other piece about Mahomes, I suppose, Stuart, is the willingness of the Chiefs to recognize that they weren't going to win a Super Bowl with Alex Smith. And I, Again, a bit like Henry's, Alex Smith was a, a good QB, but he wasn't going to win you a Super Bowl. So they went out and they made it happen and they they put Mahomes into a good situation. Um I do think, you know, we we will look back with incredible fondness um for for Elway uh, always the player. I mean, I think that's what, what we will go back to. And um, but I think as we probably get further away when we look back on those magical kind of first four or five years, um, you know, because even that first year, um they they, even though he wasn't de facto um G, or he wasn't gm, he was de facto. um and. They made the the playoffs with uh, with Tivo, and they beat the the Steelers. So that that's probably you know as a as a standalone moment at Mile High, um, that might be I think the the loudest. I think you could probably hear the cheers uh, from Denver that night all the way o- over here. So there will be those magical moments, and we, that's what we will remember. I think as well, Colm, You you can't. Um... No, I'm not
1: saying you are, but one can't ignore the bravery um, of Elway's moving for Peyton Manning after that Tim Tebow playoff run. It seems kind of ridiculous now to say because, oh, it's Peyton Manning. And... But the Broncos, by and large, Broncos fans, they loved Tim Tebow after that. Um, and we, we had blinded ourselves to the fact that the guy couldn't throw the ball to save his life, but because he, he was able to win games through... His sheer will and his his athletic ability, usually running the ball, um, you know, I, I, like there there were moments where you know there was doubt as to whether or not this was the right thing to do. Now it seems crazy when you look back on what Manning was able to do and his 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 uh, tenure here at Denver, but you know to be able to go out and make that move, and I think that kind of, you know, I I, I think. That, that to me, Colin, it just makes it even more bizarre when it came to in Peyton Manning. It's like, you know, you were very quick to acknowledge the fact that you weren't going to win Super Bowls with Tim Tebow. And yet you now think you're capable of winning one with Trevor Simeon with, with the best will in the world. Like that does not add up or, you know, or Mark Sanchez is going to come back and, and, and revitalize his career. And I think, I, you know, just to go on to the broader point that you brought up, Colin, I think you're dead right. And I think I do hope that we can learn from from our, our recent history. If Russell Wilson continues to play the way Russell Wilson did last year, it is highly probable that Russell Wilson will be no longer the Broncos quarterback if we record a podcast in you know, April 2024. 20, um, if that is the case, the Broncos have to do everything they can to move up into the first five to eight picks in next year's draft to get themselves a quarterback. You can't mess around with this stuff you know like as you said and I absolutely 100% agree with you Tom Brady wrecked a lot of things he he ruined a lot of dreams for a lot of people um, and he also seemed to destroy GM's reasoning when it came to looking for quarterbacks just because one was found in round 6 doesn't mean there's going to be another one the likelihood of you finding a Super Bowl winning quarterback in anything after rounds 1 or 2 is very very small and you're kind of wasting your time doing it do you know what I mean, and I think you know. I I hope Russell Wilson plays lights out. And know. I think we we kind of have our doubts as to whether or not that's going to happen on this podcast. And you know, I don't think there's any reason to pretend any differently. I, I have my doubts, and I know you do as well. When we're looking for an next quarterback, Colin, we need to get one of those high end draft picks, and we need to go. Yeah, we're we're rebuilding. I mean, what we were, we the thing that's frustrating, Colin, is you look back and you look at the Elway years and, and and the latter part of his tenure when he was reluctant to pull the trigger on a rebuild, the team was crap anyway, and the team didn't even come within a sniff of the playoffs anyway. So all these were wasted years as it was. You would have been far better off trying to accumulate as many draft picks as you could to make that move and pick one of those guys. Um, we haven't even touched on Josh Allen, who is, you know, for people who may not have seen Elway in his prime, Josh Allen is the closest thing to John Elway that you will see. I mean, I think Elway was probably a better quarterback than Josh Allen, but if you're wondering what Elway was like when he was in his peak years, it is Josh Allen. Josh Allen, who John Elway went to see, I think, four or five times in person playing for Wyoming, and who was right there, and we decided to pick Bradley Chubb instead.
2: I think we needed to just leave that uh, silence in there for a little while, uh yeah, I I mean th- those are the the things that will will always grade it a little bit and 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 you know but I I do hope um that I will get to a point uh where running it back running it back not once but the, the you did it all over again uh you you put a sequel to Paxton Lynch versus Trevor Simeon um <laughs> truly truly that is quite something um but we will we it will is- have. Uh, Von Miller, Striffsacking, Sacking, Cam Newton. We will have the magical, magical offense in um, 2013. Um, And we will always have the helicopter to think upon when we look at at, uh, John Elway's uh, career as a Bronco. Um, Stuart, wanna take thank you for uh, you know t- taking the time to reflect on uh, John Elway as a, a as a Bronco. It'll be interesting to see what he enjoys in his uh, retirement. Um, you can find Stuart on Twitter at PurpleHeartTC. I'm on there at Cullum from Cork. Michael is on there at Michael underscore NFL, and we will be back again next week. Um, If you are enjoying the, the podcast, please do rate, review, and subscribe. It makes a real difference. And thanks to everyone at Mile High Report. For now, go Broncos.
1: We're 98 yards away from where we need to be. Go Broncos.